0: I'm
1: Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores, and this is Sporty with Corey and Richie on the Hockey Podcast Network. But before we start the show, make sure you guys go to mybookie.ag. Place your bets now on the NHL, on the NBA, on college basketball as we get ever closer to March Madness, which is a month away. You can do that all at mybookie.ag. And if you enter our promo code, Corey, Everybody gets a little bit of extra cash.
0: That is right, Richie. All you have to do is use our promo code THPN. And if you join right now, my Bucky will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand, you'll get an extra $1,000 and free money to play with. Once again, that promo code is THPN to get your extra cash for my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It is a wonderful Thursday. I'm going to be at the game tonight. Coming right off of A shutout win. Feeling good. Richie, how you doing?
1: I'm doing terrific, Corey. Thank you for asking. I am currently sipping on uh, some very delicious cold brew that we have on tap here at the station. Threw in a little French vanilla creamer in there. So I have energy galore. Uh, Although I haven't eaten in a while, but I think we'll get through. Uh, So I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Congre- oh, also happy, uh, national girls and women in sports day. Cause we were recording on Wednesday, which was national girls and women in sports day.
0: That is pretty dang awesome. That's an actual day. I feel like it needs all the respect it can get. So that's pretty awesome. Absolutely loving that.
1: Yes. We are big supporters of that on this show. Um, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Hockey Podcast Network is great. Go listen to all 31, other 31 shows and, and, uh, Tales of TR and, and the I on Likes Podcast. But I am very, very happy that our show, if I'm not mistaken, Corey, is the only show on the network where a, a woman is either the host or the co-host of the show. And I'm glad and very proud of us for being that on the Hockey Podcast Network. Very inclusive on this show.
0: Oh shit. I didn't even realize that. Mm -hmm. Dang. That makes me feel special. Thank you, Richie. I didn't even realize that I was the only female holding it up here on, uh, the hockey podcast network. That's awesome. I'm very happy for me to hear. I like to, uh, be there to represent all of us women out there that, um, love the sport just as much as every guy does. And just, sports in general, you know, Richie and I started this show um initially talking about all sports. Hockey was always our favorite, but we talked about all of them and um me playing a bunch of sports in, throughout the years and throughout the years of my life. My gosh, um it uh it, it's really cool that we get to do this and talk about sports and that um people actually value what I have to say because I think a lot of times people don't necessarily value it when it's coming from a female. So I appreciate all of you in the sport nation that follow and support and um, are there for us because it really does make a difference and it's a big deal to us.
1: Very well said. I'm again, I'm glad I'm glad that uh, our show is the beacon for women in sports and as a, as a white male I try and do my best to support women in sports, whether that be in sports media or women's hockey, women's basketball. Uh, I care a lot about it, um, so hopefully that comes through on the show, uh, and hopefully, hopefully more and more of the of the network is more inclusive. I'll just I'll just I'll just leave it at that before I get in trouble. But I'm glad to be doing the show with you.
0: I'm very glad to be doing this show with you. And that is that is a very beautiful thing. I'm very glad that you pointed that out. Because it, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside to know that I'm doing my part. And the fact that, you know, it, it's very appreciative by me as well. In the fact that um, you've always been a supporter of me. in all the stuff that we've done in all this. And creating this little, you know, child of ours. Basically, like. The fact that you entrusted in me to be your partner through all of this and the fact that you trusted a woman to um, pioneer this with you is a is a big deal, and I, uh, I appreciate it.
1: You're very, very welcome.
0: Thank you, Richie. Uh, it was funny because I was going to tell you, every single time you start this, I always feel slightly disappointed in the fact that I um, – I don't, I don't have a nickname because, like, you know, you're, you're Richie Suave Flores, mm-hmm. and so then I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I really need to get a nickname. I feel like I'm a little bit shortchanged here, but I, like, I, I don't know what it would even be. I can't even begin to imagine what it would be, but then I, I don't feel so shortchanged now that I, that now that you pointed that out, it makes me feel very special. So I appreciate that.
1: Well, my nickname for you has always been C squared. I don't use it that often, but
0: yeah, I mean, I've always had um, a lot of um, the fact that my initials are CC. I've always had a, a a few things off of that. Um, But yeah, I I mean, I've never really had a ton of nicknames over all of the years because considering the fact that, uh, you know, my name's Corey, so you can't really shorten Corey very much. Four letters is, um, short, basically, you could get, um, I mean, um, you can replace them. The, uh, the tennis player, you know, the one that's doing really well, who's, uh, I think she's only, like, 15 or something, right? Yeah, Coco
1: Goff, yeah.
0: But she goes, she is, her name's Corey, spelled the exact same way as mine, um, yeah, and she goes as Coco, um which I, you know, is is a nickname, but I mean, it's not like it's shortened by any means, because it's still four letters. So (laughs) um, yeah, you can, I guess you can change it up, but you can't ever really, um, I don't know, shorten it really at all. So um, core is about as short (laughs) as anyone's ever gotten my name. So I guess, I guess nickname. We're never really meant to be for me.
1: Yeah. Don't um, when you play for the pigeon softball team, don't they call you cores sometimes?
0: Yes, that is um, that is a coyote thing. That is uh, all of my, my friends um, who uh, work for the coyotes and uh, (laughs) plan pigeons with me. Um, I don't think that's a a mystery, Um, but they, uh, they call me cores. So yeah. That is, um, that would be cores, but um, yeah. So that that one's a a nickname that I've got. That one I always, I've always liked because it's very unique to them. So again, it's still four letters, but it's but cores. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let me try it out here. Let's see how it sounds. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, And welcome to Sporty with Corey. Cores Crenshaw and Richie Suave Flores on the Hockey Podcast Network.
0: It's I, I'm not sure I like it in the middle as much as I just like it in, in general when I'm playing softball, and it just course <laughs> I don't know. This doesn't ring. Yours just like no. sounds so beautiful. Yeah, mine it's has like, like a nice C. little.
1: <sighs> yeah, it does have a nice it, rhythm to it
0: it's almost like romantic. Like you could like go up to a woman at a bar and just be like, hi, my, my name is Richie Suave Flores. They'd be like, oh, <laughs> you know, that's what, that's how yours sounds. It I need, sounds very,
1: I need to try that next time.
0: Yeah. I, please let me be there when you do it. I really want to know how this goes over.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you will be. I'm sure you will be. Uh, if I ever actually have the nerve to actually, actually talk to people at a bar because I don't like doing that, but I digress.
0: But you talk to people every day on, on sporty, on the radio, all that stuff.
1: That's true, but it's, I'm just talking to people in a studio and people just happen to be listening to my voice. I'm not actually, you know, going up and talk to the, going up and talking to them.
0: Touche, touche. Uh, let us know, do you think that um, that would be a good pickup line? You got to let us know, Sporty Nation, if <laughs> Richie should go and use that as a pickup line. Because um, we, we need the feedback from you guys. We do all of this um, twice a week on our own and, um, you know, sometimes living in our own little world. It's nice to hear from you guys and hear what you think. Um, and it's always nice to have a little outside influence, kind of like the Coyotes did um, for us, it was last night for you guys, it was two nights ago, um, with it being Phoenix rising night, which is really cool because, um, Phoenix rising don't get as much notice as the other teams in this state because of the fact that they are, you know, not an MLS team, um, there. So they wouldn't, I guess if you would say consider them to be on the same level as like the Diamondbacks or the Suns but they are a much better team when it comes to winning than most teams in this state. So they probably should receive that respect.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool to see them out last night and they're, I think rising fans right alongside Coyotes fans are the most passionate fans in, in the Valley. I really do think they are. They're great. The supporter section At Phoenix Rising Stadium is incredible. The energy there, the passion there between the Banditos and the Red Fury is absolutely incredible. So it was cool last night to see them, the Banditos and the Red Fury, at the Coyotes game. And uh, actually we have some audio here. Let me see if I can find it. Where is it? Here it is. They were hanging out up in the upper deck last night, and they brought a kind of uh, soccer-like atmosphere, the constant cheering, the constant standing up, you know, just going nuts for the entire game, and they brought that to Hiller River Arena against the Oilers, uh, so listen listen to some of the crowd last night, uh, this is from at Rising on Twitter, posted the video, if you were at the game, you heard them, all night long. I don't know if you could hear it on on TV, but you can certainly hear it in the arena. Here's here's the kind of noise they were making. This was awesome. So that's just that was just a taste of what they were bringing to the table against the Oilers. Now, apparently, apparently in the works, in the mm-hmm. works from the Coyotes. I don't know if you saw this, Corey. So this may be a surprise. Is an actual supporter section at Coyotes games from here on out. They are calling themselves the Rabbids A Z. You can follow them on Twitter. At AZ Rabbids, R A B I D S, and they are the unofficial supporters group of the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, Sam Dewar, who used to be with the Phoenix Rising, he was like their marketing guy. He now works for the Coyotes, and I think he was what kind of spearheading this. He tweeted out uh, earlier on Wednesday, he said, February 29th, the atmosphere at the River Arena in Arizona Coyotes games changes forever. He says, "At AZ Rabbits is coming soon." So, can you imagine having that type of atmosphere at Coyotes Games all the time?
0: Damn, I love it. Sign me up. Sign me up. That that's great. That is absolutely amazing. That is one of the, my favorite things at the Phoenix Rising Games that I absolutely love, and I think is so cool. Whenever I am um, watching it, is how animated and how loud and how excited they get. When um, when I'm at those games. And I mean, uh, besides that, uh, the only other thing I really want is the, the red smoke that they bring. I thoroughly enjoy the red smoke that they have come on. Oh, to, that would be uh, so
1: distracting to the, the opposing teams. It would be great.
0: Yeah, I, I thoroughly, I, I'm sure it is against some type of NHL rules. Mm-hmm. But the red smoke is great. And it was—it's great to see um, the goaltenders. If I say anything wrong, by the way, they're are still goaltenders, right? Yes. If I say anything wrong, I'm not the I'm not the biggest um, soccer person. Um, but so when the and they usually do it on the side where um, you know the, the team scores, so like the opposing goaltender is having to deal with that smoke, and it is. Priceless, I absolutely love it. That would be the other really cool thing, but i i I like it. It brings a lot of hype, and that's type of stuff that we need in the arena is we need a ton of hype. so I personally like enjoy the idea of having the um having the rabbits is that what they're called? That's so what they're calling like, themselves, yeah, so essentially it is supposed to be like they have rabies like they're they're coyotes with rabies
1: yes and they're also rabbit fans like yes yeah, super super passionate like right hmm. yeah <laughs>
0: very interesting yeah i i like the idea i like the fact that um as long as they don't start the wave i think we Correct. Should, it should be good i think it'll be really cool i'm i know there might be some purists out there that aren't the biggest fans of it but i mean Come on, in Nashville, they are. There's so many things with fish that I wouldn't advise you doing. So, um, this can't be worse than that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I I just saw a tweet from somebody talking about this, and he was like, um, "Here's the issue I foresee with the AZ rabbits." I love how he phrases this. He says the crotchety old folks won't take well to them at Yotes games. Bandito's Red Fury work for the Rising because they are far enough away and have their own section. Hard to do that at Heather River Arena without irritating some longtime fans and season ticket holders.
0: But I'm sure they will have a section.
1: Kind of like they did. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty. They put them at the very, very back of the top of the the rink, basically. In the last five rows of the upper deck.
0: I don't see why they can't have a section one and two, you place that section according to like you, like you kind of said um, around the places where there are, um, where the like the normal season ticket holders that you know, wouldn't particularly like it. They can sit somewhere else. Like there will always be people that um, like the way things are, were, and um you know always want to stick with the old school thing but like I have said before the NHL is slowly changing and the Coyotes always I think now are front runners on it and the fact that um the way that Morello is is definitely um progressive when it comes to getting into the future of the NHL. Um, So is the way that um, Trica does everything that he does. So if this team is to survive and to be strong marketing-wise and just get the attention that they deserve, I think being cutting edge like this is going to be the way that they get there. That's really cool. I had no idea until you just said that... that, um, that they were doing that. And I, like I said, I really enjoy it. Um, I mean, at some points I may sit on the other side of the arena just so I can get some quiet. Cause like they, they will be doing it throughout the game. It's not just when they score.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, and sometimes I, I, I know it sounds very weird, but I get into like a Zen like state watching hockey. It's very relaxing to me. So I might sit on the other side if I want to have more of that type of an experience. But I feel like the arena is big enough you can have that type of experience. on. So you can choose which one you want. Do you want the loud side or do you want the non-loud side? Yeah. And you can still enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah. And we have some updates here coming in live to the Sporty Nation as we were recording the show. Um, we've, had, we've had some clarification from Sam Dewar about some of the... The details here. He says that there are indeed going to be. It's going to be a certain section just for them. That's going to be known, so people aren't. When they buy tickets, they're going to buy tickets to this section, knowing full well it's going to be the supporters section. And then he also tweeted out that, what if I told you that 40 plus of them had so much fun on Wednesday that they are coming back to Hither Arena for the Carolina Hurricanes game tonight. You just tweet that out. So we're creating new fans.
0: Yeah, bringing new fans to the sport. Like, how cool is that? And that is one of the things that is so big is being able to cross all of these sports and to be able to unify under the fact that these are all Arizona sports and everyone enjoys it. That is so cool, because you're bringing in all these extra fans to enjoy these games. And I have always said, hockey is one of the most exciting sports you can come and watch. If you understand it, if you don't understand it, it's a very exciting game to watch. So all of these people should be coming, and they should be enjoying it the way that they were um, against the Oilers. Like That game was fun and exciting and I have fought for this since that article came out about the coyotes being boring I don't ever consider the coyotes to be boring so I think this is a great example of the fact that they aren't and it's something that's far less annoying than the flames having the person in the crowd that always has the stupid air horn I don't know what it is with the air horn but i cannot handle the air horns if air horns start coming that's when i will ha- have like a <laughs> hardcore problem but until that day i think this is good i think this is a great way to bring some hype and it'll be great for the players because there's nothing better than players coming in to the arena and having so much electricity around them that it makes them play better
1: i'm glad you said that because that is the perfect transition to what auntie ronta said last night after the game, to Fox Sports Arizona's Todd Walsh, I think I have this queued up somewhere near where we want it to be. Here's Auntie Ranta last night about the supporters section. Uh, he seemed very happy about it. I'm pretty happy how how I played today, and you know, it's uh, it's nice to nice to get the win, and you know, those guys up there, two oh six,
0: wow, they they've been awesome today. Like it's you know how i love soccer so it's <laughs> it's awesome to to have that kind of uh singing and and, and you know like that it, it was pretty pretty cool and uh, especially in second period where you hear that all the time so uh, thanks thanks for the guys there that's awesome oh that is extremely awesome like that's the thing is it they can you don't think about it sometimes i don't think because you know you think that yourself and the players are separated because they are separated by glass, but they can hear you. So the fact that he thoroughly enjoyed it and it gave him, I mean, I, I will support it every single time. If that means that Ronta comes out and plays a good quality game for the first time in a while and produces a shutout, if that's what it comes out to be, I 100% support them being that loud. Like, I will 100% be behind that all the time.
1: Yeah, let's get into that real quick about Auntie Ronta and how well he's played over the last two games. So, we talked about how well he did against Chicago uh, on the last episode in that Scorpion save, which you've watched 500,000 times. But It has been
0: brought up 5 billion times as well. I think he's even referenced the fact that it's been brought up so much.
1: Exactly. And... I think people, including myself, were starting to get concerned with Auntie Ranta, not only with his health, but with his play, that something was going on there where he just didn't seem to be the same Auntie Ranta that he was at the very, very beginning of the season when he was, you know, a lot healthier. And we talked about on the show, I think, where there was some kind of quotes coming from the team where Auntie Ranta wasn't necessarily – The same, they weren't talking about Auntie Ranta as a true one A to Darcy Kemper anymore. They had kind of changed their tone on him a little bit, and I wonder how much of that has to do with, um, you know, him, him getting back in that mental state of of knowing he can do it because there for a while he was playing bad so. You know, and I, I think we've talked about this before, which is Auntie Ranta tends to wear his losses a lot more. He tends to, and he talked about this after the game against Edmonton too, where he, he was basically like, you know, it's, it's I take, basically I take the blame more than I should. And uh, I, you know, and he basically gave more credit to the team last night um, when he does bad he'll take the blame but when the team does well like it did against the Oilers he gave more credit to the team in front of him and you know i'm i'm glad to see that he um you know it seems like his the that mental part of his game over these last two games is is starting to come back cuz you know i didn't i don't think he he played a good game but i don't think he he played i don't think he faced a lot of you know, really crazy scoring chances from the Oilers. I thought the Coyotes did a really good job defensively of not giving up those great A, holy crap type of chances where you kind of hold your breath. There were a couple in the third period, but, you know, there wasn't a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I do want to go back a little bit to um, his mental state because I feel like as a player, he is very... Reliant on his own mental state, how he is as good as he mentally is in his head. Um, part of that may have been the fact that he did not feel as comfortable, um, because he the, they were not playing very well in front of him, as, as you had said, that uh, against the Oilers, they were playing much better in front of him. Um, but he it's very interesting because with the way that he has played over the years and the teams and all the stuff we've discussed before about all of the the behind-the-scenes talk about how he plays and when he plays injured and all of those type of things. And he, I think he has a lot of problems getting through these things mentally and being able to be strong enough. Before, he was chomping at the bit to be able to be the... 1A and show that that's what he deserved to be at. And then I think he got caught up in it somewhere. And once some things were going wrong, his confidence just kind of dropped and he was no longer mentally in it. I think he's now starting to mentally come back. And part of it does strongly have to do with who is playing in front of him because they're not giving up really stupid opportunities and those have been the things that he's been burned on and then he'll just kind of crumble underneath it which still scares me because of the fact that um that lack of mental toughness is a problem when this when the d on this team is so hit or miss
1: yeah i'm glad you mentioned toughness because i thought one of the coolest moments of the season happened Against the Oilers in that game. And uh, I usually don't like, you know, audibly go, whoa, or ooh, in the press box. I usually don't. I never do that. You're not supposed to do it. Um, but I did uh, when Ilya Labushkin laid down that absolutely beautiful check in open ice against Leon Draisaitl as he came in across the Coyote's blue line. That was just, that was so perfect. I love it so much.
0: Well, that's what, there's a lot of things in that game that were actually pretty um pretty like strange and pretty cool. Like it was an interesting game on uh on so many levels, but that um that Labushkin hit was definitely one that uh was very significant. I think the other one that was really interesting was that Lawson Krause goal because it was such a puck luck goal mm-hmm. that the Coyotes have been needing to have puck luck for so long to see them actually get it. And I, I'd made a joke that um, on Twitter that it reminded me of um, well, I was I, actually oddly enough, I was looking for when, People score soccer goals and the ball just curves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I had I don't even know what they're like a graph where you know you do like the whole line. I don't remember what it's called, um, where you're doing the curve. I can't remember what that curves for, and it's on a graph. Whatever that you do in math, those 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 ones. I put that on Twitter. You can look it on my Twitter because of the the weird trajectory of this puck it basically looked like this puck just wanted to go in the net. And it was really cool to see just some big moments that were either, whether it was from, you know, puck luck or a nice hit, it was things that were going in the Coyotes' direction and adding to the Coyotes' momentum for once.
1: Yeah, that was a big goal for Lawson Kraus too because that was was the second goal of the game – um, in that second period, which kind of gave the Coyotes a cushion. And not only was it a big goal for the team, but it was a big goal for Lawson Krauss, too, because that uh, was his thirteenth goal of the season, which is his new career high. So um Lawson Krauss having a very, very nice season for the Coyotes. and that was a very a very nice a very big goal to get because that also came shorthanded too. Which we'd be remiss if we didn't mention because it's been a very, very long time since the Coyotes have scored a shorthanded goal. I don't have in front of me when was the last time they scored them, but it's been a while. And remember last year how good they were. They were at like at one point last year, they were on pace to set the record for shorthanded goals in a season. This year that hasn't happened as much, but uh, that was a big goal for the Coyotes. And I, I saw your tweet yesterday during the game and I replied to you. I was just like, and this is what I it was like, the puck just wanted to find its home.
0: Which immediately made me think of um, Happy Gilmore and him screaming at the uh, the ball to go in its hole. <laughs> Don't you want to go home? <laughs> and so I I was um, I that's the meme I replied to you with because that's am- yours was so sweet and kind, and I went straight into. Um, Feel more aggressive. I won't pack the other direction, but I really liked your response. Um, I wanted to give another shout out to a 13. Ronta got his 13th career shutout in this game, so that was another lucky number 13. Um, out of this game, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was, I didn't know that. That's interesting. 13, 13. That works.
0: Yeah, you know, just, just another just another 13. It was a three and O game. Um, but I, there was a, a quote that from Ronta that, um, kind of went back to what we were saying before about how he may have felt more comfortable in this game because of the way the team was playing in front of him. He said, the team made my life easier, even though they have the skillful guys, we pretty much kept them outside. The, They only got a couple chances, usually on the power play. When you can get a 3-0 against that kind of offensive team, that really gives credit to the whole team and how we defended today. So it was beautiful for him to have said that and to be, you know, giving credit to his teammates. But I think it mentally helped him a ton to know that, they were the first line of defense instead of everything just coming to him.
1: Yeah, and the wild thing about that, and I think this is one of the more interesting things to come from that game, is that the Coyotes were missing their captain, Oliver ekman larsson and another top four defenseman in Jason Demers. So the guys that got into the lineup yesterday were Aaron Ness and the aforementioned Ilya Labushkin. And... And Joden Osterley as well. Got back in the lineup too. Um, and they played maybe their most impressive defensive game of the season, I thought, in that game. They played – there wasn't a, a part of the game where I was like, oh, that's a defensive fuck-up. And I usually say that with Jodan Osterley a lot, uh, and he didn't do that. He actually looked really good. I thought it was maybe the best game he's looked. I thought he looked really good and really confident, especially in the offensive zone with the puck. Um, which was great. He didn't turn the puck over on the blue line, anything like that. They played; re- they were really well. They did a really good job of protecting the puck, so they weren't giving the puck away as much as they, they usually do. But the other thing that was really impressive about the Coyotes' defense was that, and I'm sure you noticed this too, the amount of block shots. And it didn't just come from the defense. It came from the forwards as well. Um, and it was a very, very impressive performance, just defensively all around from um, the forward group. And Antti Ranta talked about that too after the game. He talked about how good the forward, a lot of times when your defense is good, it just doesn't mean that your blue line was good. It means that your forward group is good as well. And I think that's one of the great things about the way John Chayka has built this team is that he has filled the lineup with guys who can play both sides of the puck. Connor Garland, as for an example, played a really good defensive game last night. So did Christian Dvorak. We know how well he plays defensively. Again, he scored his 15th goal of the season. That ties his career high. And, you know, so it was just impressive. I was, I did not think that the Kairos would play this well, missing Demers and Oliver Eckman Larson. Uh, and they did. And Oliver probably not going to be back tonight against, um, Carolina and Jason Demers is still day to day. We don't quite know if he's going to be available or not.
0: Yeah. um, The shots that were blocked as you were talking about that was a 21 to the coyotes and 17 to the Oilers. It was definitely significant. And I completely agree that it was definitely something that um, I think affected Ronta. And it was very interesting that it came, as you said, um, minus oel and demers um he has a uh lower body injury um but i think it's also very interesting to point out the fact that they did do so well without them we kind of mentioned that there needs to be some type of change up happening there thing things needed to be moved around because what was going on right now was not working and Sometimes it's the flukes, the things end up working out like they did in this situation. It ended up, working, up for, working out for the team. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to stay that way, but it's significant to show that some people needed to step up in, in the case that those two are missing. And maybe that was the wake up call for other people on the team to say, you know, you can't be so reliant on everyone else. You need to be reliant on yourself and contribute to this team. And that was one of the things we kind of pointed out in a previous podcast talking about maybe, um, sitting OEL because he, um, he, he really hadn't been playing at the caliber that we all thought he should. Um, and basically he was forced to be out and, um, it it proved to be good for the Coyotes in in that game. I think that, you know, with this time off, he'll probably sit back, analyze what's going on, and try and come back as strong as he can be. Because, you know, ever since he has been on this spout for um, being captain and really leading this team, he's always risen up to the challenge one way or the other. And I don't think this time will be any different. I think he will come back stronger than ever, but I think it's good that he got this time off to reassess his own um, position on this team.
1: Yeah, we talked about last time too where he's been struggling. And I think it's fascinating that the Coyotes have really played some really good defensive hockey in their last two games without him. Um, is Olive reckman Larson being out of the lineup the sole provider for that? Maybe not, but, you know, it's just a, I don't know if it's a coincidence or what it is. We'll see if that trend continues against the Hurricanes, who the Coyotes shit the bed against last time they played. If I'm not mistaken, they got shut out in Carolina. I believe it was like 3 to nothing or something like that. I don't have the... The, the game pulled up in front of me. Actually, I can look it up here quick, real quick. Last time, the, yeah, last time they played on the road in Carolina, they got shut out 3-0 and they didn't look good doing it. So, uh, Carolina right on the outskirts of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference um, right now at least, but they're still a dangerous team. Uh, plus 24 goal differential um, at 63 points right now just outside the playoffs. 5-4-1 their last 10 games. Um, Jordan Martinuk former Coyote, returning to the Valley, which would be nice to see. Um, and I'm curious to see how well the Coyotes play defensively um, with this lineup. Because I think what Rick Tocchi did a smart job of doing against, against Edmonton is he did a really nice job of picking and choosing when his blue line played and mixing up the minutes. So, for example, Jacob Chikrin, Alex Galagoski played over 24 minutes in the game, whereas Aaron Ness and Ilya Labushkin, your bottom pairing only played 10 and 11 minutes. Um, and I think that was a smart idea, is to play your bottom pairing, you know, a, a lower amount of time. Um, and I think that's something that Rick Tockett is good at, for the most part.
0: Oh yeah, We've talked about it before on the podcast, that these lower pairings, you cannot afford to have them out on the ice for extended amounts of time. They just don't have the ability to do it. They don't have the endurance to do it. And they're bound to make some stupid mistakes and relying on them to be out there for um, the same amount or close to the same amount of minutes as your higher parents is is just, it's not going to work. It hasn't really worked for this team this year. And and I don't think it will in the future either. I do want to bring in a point here of the significance of the game on Tuesday, considering the fact that that is their last game against a division rival um, until March. So if they didn't win that game on Tuesday, it was going to be very significant because of the fact that that was the last point for them to for sure gain points within the division because you know you can't ensure that someone in the division is going to lose unless you beat them so it was a big deal that they won that game and they won it in the style that they did
1: yeah let's take a look at the standings as they stand on as of (laughs) yeah thank you very much uh as uh as of wednesday night um and it's very close As you'd imagine, this is how big that win was for the Coyotes, winning in regulation. They are now just one point back of the Edmonton Oilers in the Pacific Division. That could have been as much as 5 if they would have lost in regulation. At the top of the division, the Vancouver Canucks have played 54 games. They have 65 points. Edmonton played 53 games. They have 62. Vegas has played 55. They're at 61. Coyotes have played 55. They're at 61. Calgary at, has played 54 games. They are at 60 points. And Chicago, who the Coyotes lost in overtime to, have played 54 games. And they're at 58 points. So, very, Very close. And these teams are starting to catch up in terms of amount of games played, luckily for the Coyotes. Um, the Oilers uh, at 53 still have that have those two games in hand. Um, but, um, yeah, it's interesting now that uh, – so that just tells you how big March is going to be, right? Like if you look ahead to March, how much of that month is played inside the division? You got Vancouver, Calgary, Vegas, L.A., San Jose right you have five games inside the division most of those teams you're competing against for playoff spots actually they have two games against Vegas in March my apologies so March is going to be big so we talked I think we talked about previously how you know they were playing 14 games in the month of February now it's down to 12 um just stay in the race i was talking to somebody about this today too i was like just As long as they stay in the hunt and don't fall too far behind, if they get into those last 10 games and they're in a playoff spot, then you know that's where they want to be. They just want to set themselves up to be able to make a run in those final 10 games of the season and start playing their best hockey in those final 10 games of the season. Because remember last year, they were in the playoffs with 10 games to go left in the season, and they blew it. Darcy Kemper got tired, he shit the bed, and the Coyotes blew it down the stretch. Uh, And I'm going to mention it, Corey, I'm sorry. That freaking game against L.A. at home that cost in the playoffs.
0: Richie, I like to pretend that that game never existed. That game never happened. And um, you know how much I hate to run. I went running after that game because I was so mad. And I needed – a productive way to get my anger out. Um, I I like to pretend like it doesn't exist. So, yeah, those games are going to be extremely important, and they cannot go through and shit the bed like they just previously did with this stretch of games that that were all division games. I'm really hoping that this game against the Oilers, against a very offensively strong team, is the... Momentum that they need going forward and that they will keep it up. But I cannot emphasize enough about how important it is for this team to stay consistent throughout the rest of this season. Because it, it as we mentioned before, it's going to be an extremely tight race going through the finish. And especially for the rest of this month, all of these games, all you can control is... You winning because since they are not division games, you can't control other teams beating the teams in your division. So it's literally just focusing on themselves and being able to do the best that they can and get as many points as they can. And yes, it's going to come down to also having these points be regulation ones. In case they are needed in the very end, when it comes down to, you know, it being very close, having them be regulation wins.
1: And you're, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the tiebreaker, and that's the first tiebreaker when it comes to the standings. And that's the reason why, uh, even though they're tied with Vegas for third in the Pacific, they're listed as the first wild card uh, because Vegas has. One more regulation win than the Coyotes do. Um, and uh, honestly, the difference there was when the Vegas Golden Knights absolutely cleaned up against the Coyotes uh, on the road there in Vegas uh, that Corey and I previously discussed on a podcast. As we previously said, a shitting of the bed in that game. Because we were, we were out. That was the same night as the Fiesta Bowl. And the Golden Knights beat the Coyotes. Well, I think it was 4-1 to or something like that. Uh, and that's pretty much your difference honestly, right now, between those two teams in the Western Conference. But before we wrap up here, quickly, um, I'd like to pass this along. Barrett Hayton is in a, on a conditioning stint with the Tucson Roadrunners right now. And we've talked about Barrett Hayton a lot on this show as he comes back from injury. His first game with the Tucson Roadrunners, I don't know if you saw this, Corey. I just retweeted it at Corey underscore Richie show on Twitter. He scored an absolutely beautiful goal. Uh, in his first game of the two-side run-runners. On the backhand, getting to a loose puck through the neutral zone, using his speed on the backhand. Just filthy. Good shit, Barrett Hayton. He'll be back soon. God, what a boost he would be. And, if-
0: and, and can you... I can't get over the fact of how many beautiful goals this man is having. and And none of them given have been in... NHL games of recent, but it is there's something amazing and beautiful and almost sexual about the fact of the kind of goals that he scores. And it's really great in the fact that that is what the Coyotes are basically growing and bringing up because that's what makes the Beautiful goal scorers in the NHL of today.
1: And with that, we will say until next time. We'll talk to you on uh, Sporty with Corey. We'll be on uh, Monday. Monday, my days are so messed up. I have no idea when we're gonna do another show. It's Monday, right? <laughs>
0: Yes, Monday. We've been doing
1: doing shows on Monday and Thursday for the entire season, and I don't remember what day of the week our shows are coming out on. But before we go, we always say this. Make sure you follow at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and Instagram. New giveaways every week. I believe they have one up right now at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Go follow that. Enter the contest. Win some free shit. That's always great. Uh, Also, coming up very soon, we are excited to – Add a new sponsor to the mix. More on that as it becomes available. Stay tuned. Uh can't wait for that. Uh any last words, Corey, before I say goodnight?
0: Good night and stay rabid, everyone.
1: Good night and good hockey, everybody. We'll talk to you again on Monday.